Hey, Will I Like It listeners, do you like a good cup of coffee, one that's rich, flavorful, and ethically sourced? Then you need to check out Dynasty of Coffee, a Yorkshire-based online coffee business that offers a range of expertly crafted blends. All of their coffee is roasted to order to ensure freshness, and they're committed to nurturing the well-being of both individuals and the planet. Whether you're a fan of a bold, strong coffee or a smooth and mellow one, Dynasty of Coffee has a blend for you. Their four main blends are inspired by different British dynasties, Saxon, Viking, Tudor, and a decaf Hanoverian. So if you're looking for a delicious and ethically sourced cup of coffee, head to dynastyofcoffee.co.uk today and use the code SAXON10, that's SAXON, all capital letters, 10, at checkout for 10% off your first order. Enjoy! Hello, welcome back to Will I Like It. I'm at the Gourmet Goat Farm today, which is in Avebury, or next to Avebury. Um, and my guest today is Laura. Uh, do you know I don't know your last name? Corbett, yeah. Oh, there we go, Corbett. <laughs> and she is the uh, owner and farmer from the Gourmet Goat Farm. Correct. So how did you get started with goat farming? Uh, it was a bit of an itch I needed to scratch. And um, like all farmers, um, you have to evolve with time and evolve with um, each generation. Yeah. And we had previously been cow dairy farmers. And um, we said goodbye to the, the dairy herd. And we had um, on the farm, we've got some amazing grassland yeah. um, from um sweeping from the ridgeway down to avebury that's a beautiful site and she took me on a little tour before we started yeah it's amazing it's stunning and um and this grass needs to be eaten it needs to be managed for um conservation reasons and that means we need mouths yeah and um i was i still want to be another sheep farmer um I do like to do things a bit differently. And yeah, so the goats came about. Um, yeah. So why goats? Why goats? Why goats? Yeah, what, what attracted you to that? Uh, they... Uh, I think it's because as a, as, a, as a nation, we don't know a great deal about the goats. We don't... And I basically channeled into the fact of goat meat and how highly nutritious it is in particular mm. from a protein perspective and how lean it is um it's as lean as chicken which is astonishing yeah with all the red um with all the red meat properties yeah and i was like wow this is kind of quite a superpower and and that kind of it just kind of channeled from there and i've just been on this lovely journey and continual journey of learning all about this animal and what it can offer it's a rather underrated meat isn't it you don't really hear that many people that eat it no not not in the uk no no and any other um other nation you only have to go over to france spain italy and they they eat far more of it than we do what do you think the reason is for that it's um the reason I've got no doubt is all about um, basically our success as British farmers in farming the sheep. Right. Um, and we went on to 
because of the wool trade mm. and we the british went and built cities and then empires around the world on the back of the wool trade yeah so why have a goat when you can have a sheep and produce wool and um basically the goat became a peasantry animal in in the uk okay simple as that yeah with your goats I know you're you're quite big on sort of nose to tail and things like that. Um, and I know there are a lot of other things you can do with goats that are away from your your meat products, right? Yeah. So, like all animals, um, there's dairy as well. Um, so we've got meat and we've got dairy, and of course there's fibre as well. And the gourmet goat farmer is basically a celebration of all things goat because they can deliver us so much they have been yeah. used in history um, yes i think otzi the Iceman was wearing goat if i remember rightly yeah um yeah. interestingly there's um avebury um the only skeleton of uh, animal in the museum is of a goat is it yeah so they were second domesticated animal after the dog okay um which means that you know they were living with man so early so so early mm. and um yeah so the gourmet goat farmer is a celebration of of everything goat whether it be um the fiber from um the hides to the um the, the mohair the cashmere and that's all used in clothing to brushes to clothing to belts to bags the leather. yeah i've got my leather belt on today you've got your leather belt on yeah. fantastic uh, I've got my uh, uh, gilet on, which is both, so that's oh, um, nice. very cosy. Yeah. And um, even gloves. Um, there's actually makeup brushes and all sorts of things. There's more everyday items that we use that actually you don't appreciate are from goats. Yeah, I wouldn't have considered that, actually. Yeah, makeup yeah. brushes, very much so. Um, and yeah so the five is really fascinating and this is historical um value as well and and the dairy um we're very fortunate in in the uk and in britain in particular in the southwest even that there are some fantastic dairy artisan goat producers um and producing some fabulous cheeses out there from soft to hard yeah and and then the meat um of which we do here ourselves and um and the different cuts um that there are the different i love learning the journey of um different ways to cook goat meat and um the different nationalities that come to our to come to the farm who 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 are this is a hallelujah moment because they eat goats at home and they're like, oh, I haven't been able to get goats. And they're like, oh, they're bringing all their mothers and grandmothers' dishes to the table at last. Yeah. Um, which is nice. Um, and also there's all the nutritional benefits of um, goat produce as well. So um, the milk um, and consequently the cheese to the dairy side, um, although it has got lactose in it, um, the it's that much easier to digest than um, ca um cow's milk okay um from um i'll have to tell you all about that another day um but yeah it's so much more digestible yeah and um 
And it's lovely having people come here because they're struggling with dairy and they're like, oh, but I can eat, drink goat's milk. And they're like, well, I can drink, eat goat's cheese for that yeah. reason. And oh, that's such a hallelujah moment for them as well. So for us, that's a real, that's why we're doing it because we want to, we enjoy people. Um, yeah, just being taken back to their roots, being able to eat um, nutritious food um with great nutritional content um that's been reared lovingly that's been raised lovingly um and and from the conservation perspective as well all the better yeah because i think is it your dad is involved with the the wiltshire downs or is it the marlborough downs yeah the marlborough downs um uh space for nature so yeah my father and i are heavily involved with that so that's um basically lands um managing um conservation on a landscape scale yeah so from like a bird's eye view so so it's more to do with connecting farms is it and working with the farms in the area correct yes yeah. so as as i think we're about 42 farmers um and small holders so all working as one for conservation for the birds um who are crossing farm boundaries all the time yeah um foraging farm bound cross farm boundaries and and basically making um a necklace of um dew ponds which is um that's the water that's held um on the downs so the downs mm. is actually a very arid very dry place um there's no running streams or anything on the downland because it's elevation is so high yeah and um and nature cannot be supported without water and so um these ancient dew ponds that were in that were man-made um that was we know um a little bit about their history but certainly um when as we were referring to um to sheep the shepherds were shepherding on the marlborough downs um they built um these dew ponds mm -hmm. um and they were clay lined and they would hold the dew they would hold the water and they were drinking holes for the sheep um but as um the wool trade vanished um cattle moved in there was less management of the landscape um the clay lining of these dew ponds um was um eroded if you like and the water was lost yeah but what people forgot was that was actually supporting a massive um lot of other nature um the birds the insects the dragonflies and yeah. and the whole food chain as to what other species that was um supporting too mm. um so yes yeah, so that's one of the successes of the marlborough downs um as well as um, all sorts of things from um, uh, tree sparrows, which is another one. So a lot of red list birds. And um, yeah, the list goes on. So yeah, the Marlborough Down Space for Nature is is an amazing project. And it's really yeah. nice um, to be involved with it and using our livestock, using the goats and experimenting um, with, um, again, managing those hedgerows and managing those grasslands, managing those species mm. um, so that there's different, um, yeah, different things going on, different. Make it more diverse. Make it more diverse, yeah. Mm. That's interesting because obviously you sort of think of farmers and things about, you know, the animals and the dairy and the meat, but you don't really think about it from the nature side of things yeah, and actually yeah. how much is going on sort of behind the scenes. 
um, just to kind of manage the land and, and keep it healthy. Entirely. And oh, we get a lot of reward. We, we are so fortunate that, I mean, I hear, I hear owls every night. Um, I see the best days, the best parts of the day, you know, twilight um, and the bird song is amazing. I take it all for granted. Um, even the spider webs right now are just fabulous. Um, and we've got to look, I'm, I'm only here looking after this parcel of land, which we happen to call a farm. For my generation, I'm, I'm stewarding it for the next generation as my forefathers stewarded it for, for me. So how far back does that go? Just out of interest. Um, I'm actually in the third generation. So yeah, my grandfather yeah. was the first of our family here. Okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so the nature is so important because they give back to us. It's everything's cyclical. Yeah. Um, and you know the cow or the goat or whatever the sheep has to eat the grass. They digest it, um, and then they excrete then the worms and the beetles and that supports all of that it erodes it feeds the soil soil feeds the grass and it just goes round and round and round yeah um yeah it's it's very humbling yeah so we should probably move on and talk a little bit about how i got to know you um and that's actually through my viking age reenactment and struggling to find a source for goat meat to make pinnacle which my Norwegian friends will have to forgive my pronunciation because I always get it wrong. Um, but I couldn't find anywhere that sold it. And uh, I spoke to a local butcher and they suggested speaking to you uh, back in the dark days of lockdowns and things. Um, yeah. And so I came to you and I've been coming back ever since, I think, to yeah. buy different products, cheeses and your burgers and sausages and other things yeah. um, but it's all started with pinnacle so i bought some along today if you want to try some Absolutely. i've been waiting for this moment <laughs> yeah i'm very excited about it and it's from one of your goats because if yeah. you remember from the open day we did earlier this year yeah. you were kind enough to supply me with a goat to yeah. demonstrate butchery and a little bit about nose to tail eating some of the other uses for the bones um yeah so pinnacle um uses the breast meat doesn't it it uses the which is the belly yes um, and interesting, it said that's um, today a very underused cut. Yeah. Um, so. So I've actually bought two versions. Okay. Um, and one I made from a deer because often there's not a lot of meat on deer ribs. No. Um, and they do get discarded most of the time because it's not worth the time to process them. No. Um, but I did have a rather fatty deer in October. And I thought I'd try it. And there's not a lot of meat on them, but we can see okay. what we think and how it compares okay. to the goat one. Um, but yeah, I'll explain what the pinnacle is to everyone when we get started. Lovely. So I've got your pinnacle, which I made this afternoon, so it's probably a little bit cold now. Okay. Um, for those who don't know, it's, as we've already said, it's the goat breast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all I do is cover it with a layer of salt all over, all in the ends, get it in the bones, and it's just left to dry. And it's a very old technique. In Norway, they still eat it today, but they actually use it, it's Christmas dinner. Oh, it's that special. Yeah. They, yeah. And you can buy it in the supermarkets, which is okay. something we can't do here. No. Um, so what I do is you have to rub it with the salt and leave it to dry out. And then I think the longest we've waited is about two years before we've eaten it. Wow. So it really stores it well as long as you keep it dry. Um, and so when cooking day comes, you separate out your ribs. Yep. 
and you soak them. Um, generally, it's overnight, uh, but it seems to be the longer the better. Especially these have been soaking for probably about 30 hours. Okay. Um, and from what my wife has told me, they're the best I've ever made. Okay. I'm I haven't tried them yet because I okay. saved it for today. Um, but yeah, so they're rehydrated in water and then they're steamed. Okay. You can use a modern day steamer. Yeah. Um, traditionally, it's birch sticks. So you make okay. a lattice in a pot of birch sticks and put them on top. And they steam for sort of three, four hours okay. till they're falling off the bone. And I just like to finish them off on the grill or barbecue just yeah. to crisp them up a little bit. So would they have been a snack or a main meal or or what? Um, as I said, I mean, so from the history perspective, mm-hmm. um, in in Scandinavia, they're eating them for their Christmas dinner. And I'm not sure how that ties in and no. why it's Christmas dinner. Okay. Um, but as far as, yeah, I think it's just... With a lot of what we do, we don't have many recipes from the time. No. So we pull together lots of little ideas. Yeah. Um, and we have to experiment a bit with techniques. And so for this, it's more about the preservation than anything. Yeah. You know, as I say, you can you can dry it out and it'll keep for, you know, however many years you yeah. need. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, can I dig in? Go for it, yeah. Okay. And we have got the rather skinny-looking deer ribs as well, which I don't know how well that's coming out on camera, but you can pair the meat on up to that. So yeah, so this is one of mm. one of your goats from back in the summer. Nice bit of crisp to that. It's very moorish. <laughs> Shake. It's goat bacon. It's not as yeah, it's not goat bacon. Mm. Which it would, I mean, it would be the same cut as a pig, right? If it's the breast, it must yeah. be. Yes, it would, exactly. It's, it's the bacon cut, but I'll mm. go. Um, I think more commonly as well in Norway, it's normally um, lamb. Okay. Um, but I've always done it with goat. There are a lot of goats in Norway. So. Hmm. Could well be. So to link in with goats and to bring it onto a more Viking thing. Mm. Um, I did promise that I'd tell you a couple of examples from some of the Norse sagas. Do. One of them is about eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to butcher the story, which is something I do a lot. <laughs> uh, but Thor's been traveling. I feel like we need a log fire. <laughs> I'll add some in post, just crackle. Yes, please. Yes. So Thor's been traveling and he's very tired and he turns up to a house. Um, and in exchange for being able to stay there, he offers to, so I should probably preempt this because I forget, you don't know your Norse mythology quite as well. So, so Thor mm-hmm. pulls a chariot, has a chariot pool with goats. Mm-hmm. So he offers, in exchange for being able to sleep, yeah. I'll butcher my goats and we'll eat them for dinner. Oh, okay. Quite a generous offer, except that Thor knows that with the use of his hammer monger, he can bring them back to life the next day. Okay. So it's a little bit tricksy, okay. something the Norse gods aren't. Can I help myself to another? Go it's really good. Yeah. So um, he does that, and the only condition is no one breaks the bones. Ooh. Because it, it will hinder them being put back together. Oh, no. <laughs> um, now, Loki is there at the same time, and Loki being Loki, he convinces the farmer's children that the best bit is the marrow. And the reason that Thor doesn't want to share it is because it's the best bit. He doesn't want anyone else to have it. So, of course, they break the bones and drink the marrow. Oh. Next morning comes around and Thor puts the goats back together and one of them's got a lame leg. 
And so he knows what's happened. Um, and I think it ends where he takes off one of the children as like a servant to help him on his, his travels in exchange for the fact that he's now travelling on foot because he doesn't have goats anymore. So temptation got the better of them. Yeah. And they broke the leg for the bone marrow. Yeah. Because of Loki, which is a theme in Norse yeah. mythology. Something goes wrong. Was it Loki? This usually. <laughs> Um, but as I mentioned, Loki, there is also a amusing tale. Mm. It's a little bit long, so we won't do the full version. Okay. Um, but essentially, the the gods have killed um, the giant uh, Thrym, I think it was. And his daughter's obviously quite mad about this, and she turns up. Um, I think her name's Skardi. And uh, she turns up demanding you know, reparations for, for what they've done. And they offer a few different things. Um, but one of them is that they'll make her laugh. Okay. And everybody has a go. Everybody fails. Oh, dear. And it's looking bleak. Mm-hmm. So Loki decides that um, he's got a great idea. So he grabs a rope, ties one into a goat, and the other two is uh, manhood, shall we say. Um, and yeah, he ties what, them to ties the goat to his manhood. Yes, oh, and what great. follows is one of the most um, <laughs> eye-watering games of tug of war that anyone has ever witnessed. <laughs> and was he successful in making he her was laugh? Successful, she does laugh. Oh my word! Yeah. She would be falling off her stool with laughter, thinking, "This, why, why think of this crazy idea? This is painful." So yeah, that's another example of goat. So they do come up a few times. So it's obviously clear, even from that, that they're eating them. Um, obviously, we have to be a bit careful when we're picking from stories. Mm. You know, there are other stories where they eat things like dragon hearts. So mm-hmm. we can kind of pick up a few ideas about food from the stories. Yeah. Um, but it's more about the humour of them, really. Yeah, yeah. There's even there's a, um, a race. I don't know if it happens every year, but... I'm, I'm literally taking every little <laughs> slither off this. There is a race that happened... And I don't necessarily say it might be every year um, where, in sort of memory of Loki's attempts, a bunch of men have a race where they tie logs and run. And they have to run sort of so far and back again to win this race. You can find footage of But no goats featured. No goats in that. No, so they just... Mm -hmm. Why are they doing this to themselves? I have no idea. (laughs) It makes me wince just watching. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, this is delicious. Really, um, yeah, just Moorish. You just could just eat this around the log fire late into the night. Mm. Yeah, very nice. It's yeah. a favourite of ours. Make them quite a lot. Mm. Okay, I need. I I have promised I'd cook this from your cookbook one, and I still haven't. But I really have to now. Now I've tasted it. It gives me more of a reason to do it. It's quite a long process. I think that's what mm. puts people off. Whereas, so where do you store it in all that time? Um, usually it's just hanging in my kitchen. But hang, so hanging from a... Yeah, so I've got a couple of beams in the kitchen ceiling okay. with a couple of hooks yeah. um, over the fridge. So it's kind of tucked out of the way. But that's it's quite a cool kitchen. I mean, it's yeah. an old 1850s cottage. Yeah. So it's not a hot place. But um, they just hang up there until they're ready to go normally. Very nice. Gosh, it's amazing nice you don't come downstairs in the morning mm. and find one missing because. Hmm. <laughs> they're very. I think because they're heavily salted, it 
you wouldn't get a problem with rodents or anything as well because yeah. they're, you, they're literally, I should have brought one with me to show you, but they, you know, almost look crystallised. Yeah, okay. With a layer of salt. Yeah. Hmm. So do we have the deer version? So kind of... Being brave. I'm always brave. Especially when it comes to eating. This got thanks to my stomach. I have no idea whether these wow, are so this is. is so this is a fallow deer. Yeah. Which we butchered on a course back in beginning of October. And I just did the same process. Very different tasting. It's very different. Hmm. Is that the right taste? Is that the taste you're expecting? I don't know what I was expecting, you know. No. I don't I think it's as pleasant as goat. No. The goat, like you say, is Moorish. Mm. This one I'm not so sure. Um, yeah, I think I'd stick with the goat. Yeah, let's stick with the goat. <laughs> There's the boats. It's worth trying these things. You yeah. never know. And as I said, we discard that part of the animal a lot mm. because there's not much meat on them. It's, but I don't think it's worth the effort. I People often come to me and say, so what does goat taste like? And I'm like, oh, what does pig taste like? Mm. What does sheep taste like? You can't, they're all very different in their taste. Well, that leads to another question I was going to ask Ooh, you. Okay. What would you recommend as someone's first taste of goat meat? So which product should they go for? Usually um, I instantly direct them towards the burgers because everyone's familiar with a burger. They know a good burger, a bad burger. Um so our goat burgers are 100% goat meat and just very simple. Um, and it's something they're familiar with. So it's mm. like, oh, it doesn't feel does, doesn't feel too adventurous because I know what a burger is. Yeah. Um, and they're so good. They're like, oh, okay, you converted me. Um, and then people want to curry with goat. It's what is often talked about. To me, that's absolutely sacrificial to be honest i mean why it's got its own flavor it doesn't need to be swamped in spice because you can't taste those flavors mm. um so i mean our choice of meat at home um is the the rack the cutlet yeah. so that's the, at the the top end of the rib yeah sure um and and we yeah, rack of kid is sublime. We yeah. don't even, we don't do anything to it. We just um, put a little bit of oil, maybe salt and pepper, maybe not even that, um, and cook it so it's pink in the middle. Um, we call them goat lollipops. And literally the children go crazy for them. And it's, it's, it's a very subtle, tender meat. Just it's, That's probably... The same meat as the loin, I guess, if you yeah. take the loin off. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's how I'd like people to, to try it because then it's just, okay, I've, I've got this. This is the taste of goat. And then like any animal, depending how hard that working limb is, is how um, tender or tough it is. Mm -hmm. um, and depending on the age of the animal, depending on the sex of the animal, that differentiates the taste, as well as the length of hanging, the temperature it was hung, how it was cooked. So I always like to say that the um, the farmer, the cheesemaker, yeah. 
even the slaughterman and the butcher all have a great influence on um, the taste and the texture. And we can engineer it to be goatier or not so goaty. Um, and yeah, it's it's in our um, hands as to mm. quite that taste and that texture. Do you mention about the age of the animal? So generally, how old do you leave them before you send them for slaughter? So um, depending, it depends on a number of things, but generally, the um, they're nine nine months to eighteen months old. Um, you know, they've they've reached their their full potential, their full full weight without becoming fatty. We don't want a fat animal. Actually, younger than I thought. I don't know why I had it in my head that goats had to, um, you know, go on for a lot longer before you. No, no, no. It, 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 it all depends. It depends on the season and depends on the growth when they were born. Um, what they were eating depends on how quickly you grow, as we know that with children. Um, so, you know, there isn't any definite line. It, every animal is an individual. Yeah. And every individual grows differently. So you have to decide based on each one when the yeah. time comes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, as I, I've mentioned to you earlier, someone asked me as well about what you do with the males versus the females. Okay. Because in dairy farming, the males are killed at birth. That's that is a misconception. Is they they were they were, um, so in in the UK we're very in, um, we're very fortunate um, in that that now has stopped. Right. Um, so all male animals, whether it's cows, sheep, goats, um, those males that are born into a dairy system are still given given a life. Um, and, and that's really the influence of the supermarket saying, um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's the right thing as we would all agree. You've got to give an animal a life. Um, and yes, so the males are, um, because they don't have a function in the dairy industry, they don't have a function. They can't be bred. They can't, they don't. Um, breed they can breed, um, and those very few. So the the um, bucks um, we call them in um, in the goat world. Um, so they are kept entire. We call them so um, they will be able to father um, kids young in the future. Um, but we're very very selective with those. Those have got to be the best mm-hmm. of the of the animals. And you, we don't. Um, for every, we have 250 goats here on the farm here now, um, and we only have um, three um, bucks, three working males. Um, otherwise, there is a lot of testosterone <laughs> flying about, yeah. and and it's really not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very smelly. Um, the males are quite uh, full on. You don't want them fathering um, um, young from their sisters or on their mothers, you know, once testosterone comes, you know, anything's game. Um, you got to have some control over So, yeah, so you, yeah. you, and then, um, yeah, you, you need some control. And, um, so we, um, generally, we're experimenting with it, to be honest, because a male will grow quicker with testosterone flowing. Right. 
um, if as a farmer you can manage that testosterone and and keep them separate and it means that you have to wean them earlier from their mothers um, because you don't want them jumping on their mothers or mm. jumping on their jumping on their sisters so there's this whole chicken leg situation um, so generally um, as as um, other species do um we band the testicles um very early at like two three days old as recommended um that we must do and um and they just kind of um shrivel up and fall off so it's it's very this blood circulation goes and um and that means that yeah it stops that testosterone flowing Mm. and yeah it's it's far simpler system Shall we have some more food? Yeah. You've actually bought me some food today, which is the first for this one. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to um, introduce some bone marrow. I know you're big on nose to tail because I've had heads from you before for the, for the brains and oh, tongues. That, and that is a great video. We're going to have to give that again. Um, yeah, next time you get some heads. Oh, do you want to use your fork? Hold on a minute. I've got my functional fork. Okay, so. So the um, bone marrow, so these are um, prime joints, prime bones, prime bones, so that's your shoulders and your legs. Okay, and um, they've been sawn in half, and then the bone marrow go- is, is, is in between. Um, so you need to... Just um, dig it out? You just dig it out, yeah. So it needs to have been boiled, right? So yeah, so I made a broth, which yeah. will... <laughs> and, um, I kind of... I suppose almost ashamed to say I've never tried this. Yeah, I can't believe. I mean, so the question would be, would I like it? Yeah, we like it. Believe like it. Usually, I feed other people, and um, it's does it this like? It's got a bit cold. Now. Fork experiment. I or just use a spoon. Doesn't work well with a fork. No, I I've used a. It's very creamy. It's yeah, buttery isn't it. Well, the flavour really hits you. It takes a little while. Yeah. So the collagen in that yeah. will keep you young forever. Just show that one a little bit. I mean, my dog, as I was cooking this broth, was got <laughs> literally just sat there with these dairy eyes looking at me. She knew exactly what I was cooking up. She's hopeful of some of these later. So what do you normally do with that? Just eat it as, as it is? Or I would have had it hot. I would have had it hot. Spread it on toast, maybe? Um, you could do. I think our ancestors definitely have. Mm. Um, but it definitely, um, to give flavour and fullness to a stew yeah. is to cook with the bones, they say. But actually, you want them cut here so that the bone marrow is exposed. And that oh, just definitely. helps you give that richness. Um, so some of this will be in your stock. Exactly. And so the rest this... is just whatever's left. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so no, hot. It is. A, it is. It is more Moorish, but it's. It's. You, you don't, don't actually don't. You don't actually need much of it. It's an interesting flavour. But interesting in that story you were just telling, mm. and they scoop out the the temptation they had. They they needed the bone. They wanted the bone marrow. It was. It was a delicacy. Yeah, and it would be important at the time. Nutrition and things. Yeah, they wouldn't have that anything. Yeah. Waste. So you've got a bit of leg meat on here, actually. There is a bit. Um, of which, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, we do it with chickens and things as well. 
Do you have your roast chicken and you boil up the bones mm. afterwards? And the amount of meat that comes off, you think you've picked everything you from it. You think you have, yeah. And then you end up making a, yeah, a soup or something like that. And you think it's just for the stock, but there's so much meat still in there. And that's and that helps in the richness of the broth as well. The flavour of the leg meat, I guess, been boiled, but it's a lot milder than like the pinnacle. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. quite a mild flavour. It's, so it's for someone that's first trying goat, maybe don't go for your pinnacle and go for yeah, the leg meat, mm. um, the shot, slow roasted shoulder. I mean, I always say to people, if you really want to taste goat, forget the flavours, forget the cookery books. Cookery books sell flavours. Yeah. If they just said, pop it in the oven, um, then why would you buy the cookery book? But really, you know, you just think of roast beef. You think about, you know, leg of lamb. Don't do anything to it. Just just enjoy it as it mm-hmm. is. Um, and that's that's how I like to, we like to eat it, yeah. Do you want to try this broth? My wife's a fan of... Um, I've made some like fermented chilies. Okay. And as a quick lunch is a bit of stock and some fermented chili in there just for oh, okay. the Um And she does that quite often, just like instead of buying a cup of soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With your homemade cup of soup. But the nutritional content of this. Um, smells great. Yeah, our, our forefathers, foremothers used to have this like oh, wow. just pot on the side of the oven and the broth used to and it was the broth it was the bone broth you just kept adding to it mm-hmm. um and they'd you know they'd make the gravy from it they'd make it would go to make the stews it would go yeah. as as a nighttime drink um but yeah the the nutritional content of that i think is underestimated mm. Yeah, it's nice. Again, if you had it hot by campfire, maybe it would, uh, it would be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I thought I'd go away with this one because we'd forgotten. Yeah. Um, Laura's been cooking me some offal. I'm fine with the heart and the liver, um, but anyone that's watched previous episode knows I'm not a fan of kidneys. And so you've deliberately... <laughs> yeah, so I've, put, I've cooked these as they are yeah. in actually a little bit of beef dripping and roasted okay. them in the oven um, over, and maybe cooked a little bit too long. I would have had them... Um, I would actually have had them all pink in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was eating the heart just, um, what, a week or so ago. I'm fine with the heart. And I've had goat heart before I find it's milder than lamb's heart. I think out of all the hearts okay. I eat, I think it's... More pleasant. Okay. Uh, liver, not tried the goat's liver before, but I don't know the liver. Man up. And then it's the kidney. So I'm going to have to go for the kidney first. Man up, Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to. I'm going to have a whole one. You have a whole one. I'm going to this little measly bit. As I said, it's the smell. So I'm going to just not smell it. Mm-hmm. And we're straight in and uh, we'll go for. But see, that is to me. Kind of taste livery, but it's got a. It's tender, isn't it? It's like a bitter edge to it, though. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. There is a taste afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's the bit that you don't like. 
But as I say, it's not you, you, smell. You, when I'm cooking them, just cooking them, the smell puts me off enough that I then won't eat it. But you, I haven't had to smell that. So flavour-wise, no. it's okay. Okay. Can't have everything. Yeah. It's one of those. Don't think about it too much. The fact that with tongues and things and brains, it's just like the flavours are fine. It's that. And it's, it's obviously a British I'm thing. I'm not sure I can do tongues and brains. No? No. Right. Round two. <laughs> Next time we get goat heads, we'll cook them up. Oh, no. And we'll do another video. Oh, no. Can I have some mead at the same time? I'll bring some. <laughs> All right, so we've got some liver, which is more normally. Right, I'm going to leave that for later. Because we are getting pushed for time, so we must mm. back on. But I think all of this is essential as a Saxon forager. Mm. You ate everything, and because it was a waste, you you don't waste things. No, they wouldn't have wasted anything. I mean, even my knife here has got a bone handle. Yeah, they used the bones to make instruments, mm -hmm. um, flutes, um, you know, sewing needles. Yeah, they used tendons to make thread. Yeah, I think before Vikings, more they would have used them for making things like arrowheads, um, fishing hooks, that kind of thing. Mm. So in history, it was important to use everything. Mm. Um, I know even just up the road with West Kennet, they found, um, you know, pig toe bones with holes in them. Yeah. That I think Welsh Museum say they're beads. Okay. My understanding is that there's an old instrument with a couple of bits of string attached, and it kind of makes a noise. Oh, wow. Um, and I think it's that, but it is labelled in Welsh Museum as a bead. Yeah. But you can see even that's prehistory. They were still, you know, using everything possible. Yeah. Um, which is important, really. Mm. Mm. Yeah, liver's nicer than kidney. Okay. I eat the kidneys over the liver. Yeah? Yeah. Everyone's got a different taste. Right, have a little bit of heart. I think the liver needs a bit of bacon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that with a bit of um, pinnacle. You see, I think heart's my favourite. So it's a muscle. Mm. And... That's just... Um... We need to get rid of the liver first. Mm. Don't want to get the full flavour. It has, it has a taste, but on um, I once had it on pink, again little pink, mm. on a bed of salad with a beautiful vinaigrette. Oh, it was sublime. Hmm. It's a lot milder in flavour than than the liver oil or the kidney, isn't it? Mm. It's um. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't got none of that offerly taste at all. No. Far it's a liver and kidneys are on a totally different scale. Mm. Heart is nearer to the meat. And they're cheap cuts, aren't they? I mean if people yeah. want to I mean the, the butchers meat. throw them away. Mm. Um Yeah. It's there we are. Money. Yeah. But that's the problem we have with heads as well. You can't yeah. get me the heads frequently. But no. They're probably discarded. Uh, wow, that's due to EU legislation. That's, yeah, yeah unfortunately. I know there are reasons behind yeah. it, but it's just a shame. It's, uh, it is. I because there are many other. One boiling in a pot. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I've got a few people out there that I think I'd like to. I'm going to name name someone now. It's Matthew Martin, when you're watching this. <laughs> Next time I get go heads, I'll come in for you. <laughs> yeah, we've. We're sort of running out of time because we've got mm. so many things to talk about and you've brought out all this lovely food as well. 
We didn't even get to the cheese, so we should no. quickly quickly try this cheese. So, yeah. what cheese is this one? Uh, so this is um, just a, a, just a very basic soft cheese. Um, it is uh, you know Wookie Hole. Um, so a dairy herd of goats, um, a Wookie Hole. That's quite kind of zesty. Mm. Mm. But the cheese maker has the power to develop the cheese accordingly as mm. to, to what the cheese they're making. So, I mean, this is so mild. I don't, would you know that was goat? I don't think you would. No. I mean, I always say to people who's they're like, oh, goat's cheese. And I'm like, okay, I bet you've eaten French goat's cheese. And, and yeah. as we know, the French love a smelly cheese. And well, we know the British palate doesn't like a smelly, mm. as smelly cheese. And so a lot of our cheeses, you 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 could serve them up and people would not know they were goat. Kind of reminds me of um, you're talking on a cheesecake. Mm. It's that light. Mm. It just, you know, if there was a bit of sugar in there, a bit of sweetness, you, you'd think yeah. that was a... And in fact, there's an idea for that cheese. Yeah. Into a cheesecake. You, you could, you could I mean, bake it into a like... dessert. Mm. Right. So to wrap up, mm. as I say, we will. I think we're going to have to do another one at some point because we've barely scratched the surface on goats, and it's uh, it's a big subject. I know I've learned quite a lot today, so it's good. So I've got a few questions that I've been asking everybody. Yeah. So, do you think you could survive on a Viking Age diet? Mm. Yeah, I'd love to actually. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, and I anything you think I wouldn't like. I mean, I love the foraging aspect anyway. The fact that they actually ate, I believe, that many more different food types, foods, than we do today. That's with all their... right in their diet, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been more seasonal than what we would yeah. do now. But the nutritional content of things, if they're eat seasonally, is so yeah. much greater. Mm. Um, that would probably be... A, Quite a lot healthier for it. Mm. I think for me the difficult bit would be that hunger gap where you get the mm. spring into summer. Uh, but then you'd have the pink what? Potentially, yeah. If you've had a, if you, you know, stored up well from the summer before, yeah, you'd have your produce that. Yeah, no, the hunger gap would be. Yeah. Would be the toughest bit. So to follow on from that, is there any food that you'd miss from today if you're on a Viking diet? Oh, yeah, I, I've just got this weakness for sugar. Um, how would you? But then you'd have to, then you'd really savour things in the summer, the sweetness of berries, the sweetness of, you You, you cherish mm -hmm. them all. I think we all generally have a bit of a sugar addiction. Yeah. So I'm sure I could survive without so much. I think we could all survive with that as much, but would you like to? <laughs> mm. I mean, they, they would have had honey, malt extract, yeah. and yeah. they had fruits and things I love malt well. extract, yeah. Um, yeah, not to be confused with yeast extract. Right. I've confused people before with that, where they've gone, wait, marmite? Yeah, I know. Well, I like yeah. marmite too, no. But you can still, I think you can still buy malt extract. You can? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's medicinal. My mother even says to me now, 
My mother occasionally delivers me a jar and says, after a cold, you need malt extract. I'm like, oh, yes, I forgot about that. And you use a and, malt loaf as well. And malt loaf. Yeah. Oh, heavenly. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think I'll be all right. Awesome. So where can people find you online? If people want to come down to the shop, obviously they can. Yeah. Um, but you've got your website. I think you'd ship. Yeah, so yeah, so we've got an online shop. Um, so our website is um, thegourmetgoatfarmer.co.uk. Um, we have our online shop there, so we can um, deliver nationwide. Um, so it doesn't matter where you are. There's an array of all our different produce, from the dairy to the different fibres to um, the meat, different cuts, and we can ship it across the country um, to, to wherever you are. Um, and then um, you can come to us and see see us um, for ourselves. Um, Got come the lovely shop we're sat in now yeah. as well. Yeah, come come for a goat milk latte. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, as I said, it's um, praise to the goat. Um, and you can have a goat burger or a, a goat halloumi burger. Or if you don't want to do the whole goat thing and you just want to pet a goat uh, or feed a goat, you just want to give them some goat nuts, you can do that here as well. Um, and I do a number of um, talks myself. Um, so if you want to know more about goat farming, goat produce, um, yeah, we've got a number of um, different kind of uh, breakfasts, if you like, a Friday breakfast with me yeah. uh, to learn a bit more. Sounds great. Um, and I think you've got a Facebook page and an Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, absolutely. It's just what, at Gourmet Goat Farmer or something? Um, yeah, the Gourmet Goat Farmer. Yeah. yeah I'll you've pop got a it. couple of links underneath anyway for anyone to find it. So thanks for coming on. No, pleasure. Thanks for bringing me some interesting food. And um, we'll do another one soon. Good. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, remember to like and subscribe and give the show a rating. You can also help keep the show going by becoming a Patreon where you'll get early access to all episodes. Or check out my range of merch on my store. Links are in the episode description. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 